Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. All right, if you got a Bible, I want you to go to Mark chapter 12. Okay, Mark chapter 12. We're going to, I'll just let the cat out of the bag from the beginning of the message. The subject today is you. All right. Now, I know you come to church, and most of the time you want to talk about God. But today, you need to understand this. The God of the universe wants to talk to you about you today. So don't tune him out. You are his favorite subject. And you're, I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture. He wants to talk about his favorite subject, which just so happens to be you. Now, I know it's not always your favorite subject. You think about everybody else first. All right? But I want you to see, we're going to start in Mark 12, and you'll understand. I'll give you the title of the message in just a minute. Mark chapter 12, verse 28. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked the question. Of all the commandments, which is the most important? So this person says to Jesus, okay, basically take all the laws, over 650, take them all, and and boil them down. What's the most important? Jesus replies, The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second command is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Okay. Here's the problem with this verse. Jesus does not just say, Love your neighbor. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. But here's the problem. I'm your neighbor, and whether you realize it or not, I've been watching you. And I don't want you to love me the way you love you. Because you don't love you very well. If Jesus just would have said, love your neighbor, you'd be fine. Because you love me just fine as your neighbor. But if you love me the way you love you, I think we might be in trouble for most of us. So the title of this message is Needy by Design. You are needy by divine design. And if you don't believe that, let's just jump right into the message. Here's point number one. If you're taking notes, make sure you write this down. Point number one, you are seriously high maintenance. You are. You are seriously high maintenance. God made you that way. God gave you needs and a lot of them. But think about it. When you think about the person in your life that is the most needy, do you have positive or negative thoughts? Negative, right? We think very negatively about the most needy person in our lives, correct? Okay. And what words would we use to describe the most needy person? We would use words like this. That person is so draining, right? So we just cognitively, we think needy people are draining. Here's what you need to understand. The fact that you have needs doesn't make you draining. It makes you human. But see, here's the problem. We have a lot of believers that are limping through life, not because they're weak, but because they're on empty. 
And the reason they're on empty is they don't understand the needs God created them to have, let alone how to meet them. So we're going to talk today about your needs. Did you know God doesn't just care about your needs, he's obsessed with them. Now, if you hear the term high maintenance and you think that's a negative thing, let me just give you a very simple definition of the term high maintenance. It means needing a lot of work to keep in good condition. You might be thinking, somebody that's high maintenance, that's bad. Somebody with a lot of needs, that's bad. It's dangerous to be too needy. Here's what I would say. The only thing more dangerous than being needy is not knowing what your needs are. I do a lot of marriage counseling, and, and time and time again, you run into two spouses that are so mad at each other for things that don't even have anything to do with the other person. Let me say it like this. Some of you think you have an anger problem, but what you have is a need in your soul that hasn't been met in years because you don't even know you have it. And so you just wake up. Ever been hangry? You know, you go a day and you haven't eaten. You get a little hangry. If you're sitting next to your spouse, you know they get a little hangry every once in a while. You get a little hangry every once in a while. Can you imagine if you went without a meal for six years? How hangry you'd be? Listen, I think this is one of the reasons that the church is not known for friendliness and happiness. Because I think a lot of us have needs we're not even aware of that aren't being met. And it's messing us up as a result. God created you in a very complex fashion. Now, I want to read you Psalm 139. King David, I think, figured this out as well as any human being that's ever walked the face of the earth. Listen to what he says, Psalm 139, verse 13. He says, God, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you, God, for making me so wonderfully complex. I personally think that's a verse about women right there. Okay, wonderfully complex. And ladies, if you think I'm attacking you, listen to the second half of this verse. Your workmanship is marvelous. That's what David said. You've made me so complex, but your workmanship is incredible. How well I know it. In other words, how, know, how well I know how complicated I am, God. But you made me that way. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Let me paraphrase that right there so you understand how God feels about you. You stalked me. David is literally saying, God, you were stalking me in my mother's womb. How about that for romantic? Verse 16, you saw me, stalked me before I was ever born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Can I ask you a question? Why would we ever think taking our needs to God would bother him when he feels like that about us? Think about this. David goes on. Go home and read Psalm 139 this week. It's great homework. David goes on and he says, God, your thoughts about me are so numerous. They outnumber the grains of sand on the earth. Think about that for a second. The God of the universe thinks about you more than all the grains of sand on the earth combined. So why would you think that taking your needs to your daddy would bother him? I'll tell you why. The enemy 
The enemy loves to divide. He loves to separate. And I believe the devil has gotten the church into a martyr mentality where we say, my needs go unmet because I'm godly. We've made it godly to be empty. We're walking around empty and we call it godliness. It's not chivalry, that's stupidity. And yet we think it's a badge, walking around on empty, doing what we do. Let me say it another way. Look at everything you're doing and God's doing through you in your life on empty. Can you imagine what your life would look like with a full tank? Are you kidding me? God made you to be high maintenance. You have a bunch of needs, needs you don't even know about yet. God made you this way and taking your needs to him does not bother him. I'll show you. Acts 17 verse 24. God is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands cannot serve God's needs. Why? For God has no needs. Human hands cannot serve God's needs because God has no needs. God himself gives life and breath to everything and satisfies every need. God satisfies every need. Okay, think about this for a minute. Your God loves to satisfy every one of your needs. Now, let's just think for a moment theologically, why does God have no needs? I think there are many reasons, but let's focus on one. Have you ever noticed how much your unmet needs get in the way of you meeting the needs of others? It happens all the time. If you're on empty, it's harder for you to meet the needs of others, true or false. Okay? I think one of the biggest reasons God has no needs is it frees him up to be obsessively, obsessively focused on yours. He has no needs. He never wakes up. The Bible says he never slumbers or sleeps. So he never walks around and goes, what do I need today? He needs nothing. Frees him up to be focused as he stares at you and says, I see what she needs today. I see what he needs today. He has no needs, but he created you with a bunch of them. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 6. Verse 7, he says, let me teach you how to pray. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Okay, let's theologically look at this for a moment. All right? How is it possible that God knows all of your needs before you ask him? Well, there are two ways to go about this theologically. One is the easy way, the, the common sense way. True or false, God knows everything. God knows everything. So theologically, you could accurately say, well, the reason God knows all my needs before I ask is because he knows everything. Okay? Yes, I can't argue that. But let me give you the more romantic way to see it. Why does God know all of your needs before you ask them to be met? Not just because he made you and them. He's constantly watching your every move like an obsessed lover. And he knows before you know that you need something. And he wants to do something about it. But before you will let him do something about it, you have to get comfortable with being needy. And here's what some of us think. Some of us have this thought, I'm too needed to be needy. I'm too needed 
to be needy. I don't have time to take care of my needs because too many other people are relying on me to help meet their needs. I can't afford an hour to go get my nails done, even though that would feed my soul. I can't do that because these kids, they, they can't go without me. I'm too needed to be needy. And here's what I would say. That's the lie of the enemy. And the airlines are proof of it. Why have the airlines figured out a godly principle more than the church has it figured out? Think about this. Last time you got on an airplane, they give the spiel at the beginning of the flight. What do they say? In the event of cabin depressurization, masks will fall from the ceiling. And what do they say next? If you're traveling with a child, whose mask goes on first? Yours, right? Why? Sounds selfish, doesn't it? Sounds selfish to look at your children and go, love y'all, I got to get my mask on. But what do they know? What good are you to your children incapacitated? They can pass out. But if you have your mask on, they'll be okay because you'll get them back where they need to be. Right? Okay, listen to me. You understand it on the airplane. How come you don't understand it at the house? Come on. You're so hard on yourself. I don't have time to have my needs met. If you love the people in your life, you'll make sure the needs God created you to have are being met. The more full your tank, the better you are for the people you love. The more empty your tank, the less they can count on you. God created you to be high maintenance. The sooner you embrace that fact that he made you needy by design, the sooner you'll start stewarding the meeting of those very needs. Now, we completely understand this principle about everything and everyone else, but we struggle with ourselves. Think about it. When was the last time you went to Costco to get gas? That's, if you're a good steward, you just get your Costco at gas. I don't know if you know that, but you can get cheaper gas somewhere else, but there's water in that gas. You go to Costco, it's good gas and it's cheaper gas, all right? That's just a little freebie. Costco, great gas, cheap gas. When was the last time you pull up to Costco, get out of your car and start cussing at your car? What is your problem? Every four days, I got to fill you up. I drive a truck. You take $100 from me every four days. I'm going to get a different car. You are needy, truck. What is your pro When have you ever done that? Okay, you don't do it about your car. But internally, many of us do it to ourselves. What's wrong with you, Preston? So-and-so isn't this needy. So-and-so doesn't need this much. And we curse the temple of the Holy Spirit because we think high maintenance is a bad thing. God made you with these needs. You are wonderfully complex. That leads us to point number two. If you're taking notes, write this one down. Your cadence is more important than your calendar. Your cadence is more important than your calendar. I have multiple calendars in my life. You probably do too. I have a personal calendar. I have a work calendar. We have a family calendar. We have a sports calendar for the kids. We're fostering a baby right now. We have a foster calendar. Okay, 
We have lots of calendars. Think about this. If you and I were talking about going to coffee or grabbing lunch, what would we say? Let me check my calendar. When was the last time you ever heard yourself or someone else say, let me consult with my creator? Many of us exalt our calendars above our creator and ask our calendar whether or not we should do something. Now, here's what's crazy. Most of us think it's good stewardship to live by the calendar. But God did not create you to live according to a calendar. God, man created the calendar. God created the week. God created the seven-day week. Man can't take credit for that. And I want you to think about this. When God created the seven-day week, he created your cadence. And I can prove it to you. Think about this. What did he do on the seventh day? He rested. Let me show it to you in scripture, Genesis chapter two, verse one. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was complete. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, which means set apart, different from the other days, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Okay, let's, let's be theological for a moment. Did God need the Sabbath? We've already established scripturally God has no needs, correct? God did not need the Sabbath. Then why did he observe it that first week? Let me give you the romantic reason I believe why. There are two ways to parent a child. Do as I say or do as I do. The God of the universe having zero needs the first week of creation communicated to his children, you were created to need this. And so I am going to lead by example. I will go first. Let's get even more romantic. What did, a little Bible trivia, what did God create on day six? Man, right? Think about this. God could have created Adam and Eve on day one and then said to the kids, hey, guys, I've got really important work here. I'm creating the heavens and the earth right now. Please just stay in the corner. I'll come see you on the seventh day. But he didn't. He did his work the first five days, created man and woman. And on day seven, think about it, the very next day, God created man, and then he says, hey, tomorrow, we're going to spend the day together. I created you to need this day with me. Every seven days. That begs this question. If God is communicating to you with the seven-day work week, taking the Sabbath and saying, I created you to need this every seven days, it begs the question, is there anything else God created you to need every seven days? The answer is yes. The answer is absolutely yes. There are other things God created you to need every seven days of your life. And if you're not getting them, you need to hear this. If you're not getting what God created you to need, God is not getting what he wants. See, here's what's crazy when we talk about needs in ourselves. We think it's selfish. Some of you are actually thinking right now, this is selfishness. Like we're called to serve others. I absolutely unequivocally agree with you. We're called to serve others. But how far can a car go with an empty tank of gas? Not very far, right? Okay. There are things God created you to need every seven days. And here's what I know. That some of those needs have been unmet for years. Because you didn't even know you have it. 
God created you to live according to a cadence, not a calendar. All right? And that plays into this third and final thing. Point number three. Can you answer his question? Capital H. Can you answer his question? Bible trivia. What is the first question asked in the Bible? Anybody remember? And who asks it? The first, I will give you a clue. The first question in scripture that is asked is asked by Satan. And what's the question? Did God really say? That's a whole nother message right there. Understand, God is showing us the devil's playbook. That one of the fastest ways to keep us from walking in our calling is to create confusion between us and God. What's the second question that's asked and who asks it? God asks the second question and what is it? Where are you? Okay, little theology. Let's just, let's just try and walk this out together. True or false? The one true God knows everything about everything. He's omniscient. True or false? True. True or false? The one true God is everywhere. He is omnipresent. True or false? Okay, so help me understand this. The God who knows everything and is everywhere comes to Adam after he sins and asks a locational question? Come on, you're smarter than that. There's no way. God is everywhere. And here's how I think we can understand that God probably wasn't asking a locational question. What was Adam's answer? Adam does not say to God, I'm over here. What does he say first? I was afraid. I was afraid, Lord. And so I hid. Adam answers emotionally. Why? Because I believe it was an emotional question. Is it possible, do you think, that a couple of nights before this day, Adam and God had taken walks before bedtime in the garden? And do you think it may be possible that on a few of those days, God ended the day saying to Adam, where are you? I saw what happened today. Tell me what's going on. Where are you? I saw when you were trying to spell hippopotamus how insecure you felt. <laughs> Adam, I saw when you were trying to name the giraffe and you couldn't come up with a name. Where are you right now? I'm just submitting. I wonder if that was the first time Adam had ever heard the question, where are you? Because he answered it emotionally. Okay, listen. One of the most important questions God will ever ask you is where are you? But here's the problem. You can't correctly answer that question if you are unaware of the needs he created you to have. If you don't know your needs, you don't know where you are. You might think you know, but you don't. So here's what we're going to do. I'm giving you homework. The outsider's coming in and giving you homework, all right? But you're going to love this homework, and I really believe this is one of the best gifts I can give you, okay? So I'm going to ask you to take some time this week and to get away with the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to ask you to walk this homework out. Now, here's what we're going to do. If you're taking notes, write these six areas down. I'm going to ask you 
to take some time this week with the Holy Spirit and walk through the six major areas of your life, okay? Now, I'm going to give them to you, and then I'll explain what I want you to do. Here are the six major areas of life. First, spiritual. The spiritual area of your life. Second, emotional. The emotional area of your life. Third, physical. Fourth, relational. Fifth, financial. And sixth, professional. Now here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to get away with the Spirit of God who created you and every one of your needs and walk through these six areas. Now, you might ask, okay, Preston, how do I know what my needs are? There's a a really simple way to know. Look back at a season in your life where you felt on top of your game in each area. What were you getting? Go back spiritually. Look back at your life. When was the season of your life where you felt the strongest you've ever felt spiritually? What were you getting? How many chapters were you eating every week? How many minutes were you spending in his presence in prayer? What were you getting? Okay. So let's just walk through. I'll give you a couple of examples because I know some of us, our, our muscle isn't trained to kind of walk this out. So I'll just, we'll use me and I'll give you some examples and we'll be done. All right. Spiritually. I've learned at this point of life, I probably need somewhere between five and 10 chapters a day to be on top of my game, okay? And, and you, you'll be different. You may need more, you may need less, but here's what I've learned. The longer we walk with God, the more of his food we need, okay? You would think it's the opposite. Like the stronger you get, the more you know, and you just don't need it as much as you used to. No, no, no. The longer I've walked with him, the stronger my appetite for him, the more need I have of him in my everyday life, okay? Spiritual. So walk through that and, and just write out every week, what do you need, okay? Next one, emotional, the emotional area of your life. This is gonna sound silly. Some of your needs are going to sound a little silly, but because they're yours, they're not. And trust me, to God, they never will be. So I'll give you a silly little emotional need that I have. You probably never heard of this game, but on my phone, my wife and I play a game called Pokemon Go, okay? And I used to say my wife is obsessed with this game. Well, now I'm just as obsessed as she is. And one day I was playing it. We were in another city. We played all over the world when we travel. Like we would literally be walking the street on our phone just trying to find Pokemon. And one day I asked the Lord, I was like, is this, is this bad stewardship? <laughs> like I feel like this, this could be bad. And here's what I felt. He just sweetly said like a daddy. He said, Preston, the weight that you have to carry from time to time is so heavy for you that what your soul needs from time to time on a weekly basis is you need to feel like a kid again. There is purpose in playing this silly game, son. It's feeding your soul. Now, I'll let you know if you play it too much. But son, you need it every week. You need a little bit of silliness. That's another way to say it. You just need a little bit of silly. Otherwise, you'll crack, Preston. Okay? Think about this week. Just go through your emotional needs. Next one, physical. 
What do you need every seven days physically to feel like you're on top of your game? Maybe you need to be in the gym every three days. Maybe you need to be in the gym three times a week. Maybe you feel like the Holy Spirit says, I don't eat so much Lolo's chicken and waffles. Personally, I don't think that would be the Lord, just so that you know. If you hear the Lord say, no Lolo's chicken and waffles, here's, that's, you need to say, devil, get thee behind me. Because here's what I think God would say. Lolo's chicken and waffles is fine, but just do cardio afterwards. You know what I'm saying? And if you've never been to Lolo's, they used to be in Phoenix. Now they have them out here. They have Kool-Aid there from our childhood that is like syrup, people. I'm just telling you the angels sing every time I drink that Kool-Aid, have some mac and cheese. I, listen, what do you need? What do you need? I need a waffle and a little bit of fried chicken. Okay, you might laugh and go, that's silly. What's not silly if it's a little something that feeds my soul, right? Physically, what do you need? Okay, relationally. I'll give you kind of a silly one for me. I've learned that relationally, once a week, at a minimum, I need someone that loves me to stop me, hug me, hold me, and say, I love you to me. And give me one reason why. And here's what happens. When you get what God created you to need, it's like if you're right here, when you get it, you immediately go to here. Isn't that crazy? Just that my 12-year-old can just hug me, hold me, tell me he loves me, and give me one silly reason why. And I don't understand why because I'm a finite man. But my soul, go, I just go from here to here. Why? Because God made me to run on that, and he uses it in my life, and I'm better because of it, okay? Go to the, the next area, financial. I'll, just, I'll give you two examples for me. I've learned financially that every seven days, I need to spend less than I make. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Mm-hmm, yeah. Because you know the stress that comes with using a card that charges you 20% to pay for something, and you got to pay for a year to pay it off, right? I get too stressed when that happens. Here's another one, and this might sound silly to you, but I've learned that at least once a week, I need to buy someone I love something they want. And it, it, can, it can be really small. For my wife, it can be her favorite candy bar and a Coke. That's her love language. Chicken and waffles is mine. Hers is a, is a candy bar and a Coke. Okay? But it's amazing. When she gets what she needs, she goes from here to here. I know it sounds silly. Okay? Professionally. I got a couple questions about this in the last two services. I'll just give you an example. My number one strength is a learner. Here's another way to say that. That God wired me where when I'm learning, my soul is being fed no matter what I'm learning about, okay? So I'm on YouTube every day. I am literally trying to learn every day because I go from here to here, okay? That's just an example for me. You might say, well, Preston, I'm a stay-at-home parent. I'm not talking about your paid vocation. I'm talking about your kingdom calling. Getting stronger in your kingdom calling every week by learning. Okay, those are just a few silly examples for me. But I want you to walk through your six areas and let the Holy Spirit illuminate some things. Okay? 
You, you, whatever it is, if you're married, you may say, I, I need, you know, my spouse just write me a tiny love note on a post-it once a week. And, and let me just say this. Be really careful who you put your needs upon. I've seen this a lot in marriage where one spouse looks at the other and says, God created you to meet my needs. Okay, remember, scripture says God satisfies every need. And he uses various people and various things to do it. You know, you know what's really draining? It's not someone who has needs. It's someone who expects you to meet all of theirs. That's what's draining. Okay, so don't ever look at any one person and go, you're here to meet my needs. And think about it, because there are going to be times they're not around, and your needs are going to need to be met. So I need to have as much control as I can. Lord, will you give me ways, things that I can do? Maybe, maybe you need a nap every day. But every time your kids go down for a nap, mom, you convince yourself, you got to catch up on this. You're too far behind on that, so you got to stay up and do that. And you're not getting a nap because you think that's selfish. Let me just remind you, the better you are, the better you are for them. The healthier you are, the better you are for them. Don't ever make yourself guilty for getting something God created you to need. God is definitely, remember, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. He's not condemning you for your needs. A couple of years ago, uh, I was at the end of a really, really busy season. And I was doing too much. I was saying yes way too much. I wasn't getting enough of what I needed at all. And we went away on family vacation. And we went to this little island that didn't have many restaurants, uh, you know, didn't have much. And, and before we went on vacation, I was hitting a wall. Anybody ever hit a wall before? I was hitting a wall. But I found a way to get around it. Caffeine. So I wake up in the morning, and I've had a four-shot, a quad-shot espresso. It only lasts about two hours. I'd be sitting in meetings, starting to doze off. I'd have somebody give me a sweet tea. That lasts less than an hour. So then I'd have a Coke Zero. I'd get to midday, have another double shot of espresso. Okay? Until I, I just got as much caffeine as I needed until I got home. Okay? Then we go on vacation. We go to this little island. And when you know it, there's no Starbucks. So the first morning, I wake up. I start looking, where, where's the coffee place? There is no coffee place. By the end of that first day, my body started shutting down. After a couple days of this, I was getting the shakes, unbelievable migraines. And I asked the Lord, is there something wrong with me right now? Do I need to be alarmed? And here's what I felt like he said. Preston, there's nothing wrong with you. There's something wrong with the way you've been living. See, you have begun to believe the lie that you can cheat my system. Son, I created you to need very specific things. And it might seem like caffeine is a replacement, but it is punishing you, son. You are cheating. And so I repented, which simply means to change the way I think and to change to turn from my way. Okay, listen to me. The God of the universe created you and your calling, the God of the universe. Do you understand that a really big God who measures the heavens and the earth with these two fingers, Isaiah says, a really big God never makes anything small. 
and he made you and he made your calling. And part of every calling, every believer's calling is to go to the ends of the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ, true or false. People, your calling is so big and this message needing to go to the end of the earth is such a long journey. The longer the trip, the more fuel the vehicle needs. With all of my heart, I am praying today that the Holy Spirit would open your eyes to see that you have some needs and God created you with them and there's nothing wrong with being aware of them and making sure you're getting what you need. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.